0: Welcome, guys, to the UCSB Human Rights Watch podcast. Today we're joined by special guest Professor Eric Smith, and we're going to be discussing what voting is like in America in 2020. So a quick introduction to Professor Eric Smith. His research focuses on environmental politics, public opinion, and elections. He specifically studies public opinion on topics such as trust in scientific findings, support of the death penalty, and tolerance of LGBTQ. Professor Smith examines how the public knowledge influences their opinion and behavior. In the area of elections, he has investigated problems such as the nature of party realignment, how candidates' quality affects voting decisions, and how voters respond to male or female candidates so now we're going to get into voting 101 and kind of just discuss overall the voting process itself so how do local officials verify signatures on mail-in ballots
1: uh they train poll workers to verify signatures they're given training uh lots of samples of signatures that match or don't match so there's a poll working uh poll worker training for people who vote in person, uh, if you mail in your ballot you're supposed to sign, they will check each individual signature and match it to the signature on your voter registration form. And there are processes for uh, uh, being careful if one poll worker thinks the signature doesn't match, there's a process to get other people to uh, look at it and verify it.
0: So in your opinion this year, specifically with COVID, is it better to vote by mail or to vote in person?
1: In practice, there's no real difference. Uh, if if you are uh, a voter with some kind of health problem, I would probably vote by mail. If you're younger and less likely to get COVID or less likely to get a bad case, there's no reason not to vote in person. If you have any questions about your signature being verified, uh, if you mail, in, if you do it in person, uh, the person who is the poll worker right there will check your signature, and you will know if... Um, the person is challenging your signature. If you do it by mail, you don't know. Probably doesn't make any difference at all, especially in California, which way you vote.
0: So getting into the actual voting process, what happens if there is a tie in the Electoral College?
1: Uh, It's uh, extraordinarily unlikely. But if there is, there's a constitutional uh, solution to the problem, and that is it goes to the House of Representatives. Uh, Each state gets one vote. Back in the 1700s, they thought it was a good idea. Uh, Right now, it looks terribly undemocratic because they're a bunch of small states. Probably President Trump would win, but it's not clear.
0: And going on to that, will the Electoral College trump the popular vote again, do you think?
1: Um, It's highly unlikely. The best um, uh, polling out there, which, by the way, is at FiveThirtyEight.com, combines polls in a statistically valid manner that gives us the best estimate, and they say the chances of uh, Trump winning are about 6%, very small chance that he's gonna win.
0: So how do propositions form, and what effects do they have on the local community?
1: Uh, There are a couple of different ways to get propositions on the ballot. One is a referendum. Uh, that is, the legislature, the state legislature, sends it to voters to find out what they want to do. Uh, more commonly, uh, initiatives are the process. Uh, somebody gathers signatures to put a, uh, an issue on the ballot for a vote. Uh, some of these things have huge impacts on whether, on how California state government works. There is, for example, a ballot initiative which would uh, uphold or repeal. Uh, a vote passed by the California state legislature and signed by the governor to by way do away with cash bail. The cash bail system uh, is a system which pretty much uh, places a huge burden on poor people uh, and people of color and the result is that uh, uh, if we do away with it a whole bunch of people who aren't going to run away won't have to pay extra an extra penalty even if they're not guilty. So something like that it's going to have a huge impact on Californians. There are a number of issues that do. These are these are very important.
0: So we're going to move on to the next segment now. The 2020 vision, if you will, voting in 2020. So, what do you think are the most pressing and topical issues that will be affected by the upcoming elections, presidential or otherwise?
1: Um, the the spread of COVID uh, is huge. How it's being approached. Uh, the development of vaccines, who gets them, who pays for them—all of that is a huge issue, uh, and clearly there are differences between the Republicans and the Democrats on that. Climate change: Republicans seem not to want to do anything about climate change. Uh, that's huge. That will have a amazing impact on lives of people who are currently college students, uh, and the Democrats are pushing in a very different from the direction from the Republicans. Republicans want to do nothing. Democrats are moving toward uh, a version of the Green New Deal, uh, which would uh, be a package of a bunch of uh, strong steps to deal with climate and uh, and some other steps to uh, deal with other aspects of society, more jobs, higher minimum wage, more health care, and so forth. Those are a couple of huge issues, a whole bunch of things are out there that are going to be affected by who wins the White House and who wins the House of Senate.
0: Do you believe that voter suppression will play a role in the outcome of the 2020 presidential election?
1: I don't believe voter suppression will change the outcome of the election. If the election were close, and it doesn't appear to be right now, Uh, if the election were close, I think it might because a whole bunch of people are being prevented from voting, uh, mostly in the South and some Midwestern states, but large numbers of people are finding it more difficult and they tend to be affiliated with the Democratic Party uh, and living in Republican states where they're trying to prevent them from voting. So it's in some races, House races, gubernatorial races, local races, it might make a difference, yes.
0: Does an increase in mail-in ballots increase the ability of either party to reject or challenge the results of the election?
1: They can challenge it, yes. There will undoubtedly be a lot of lawsuits challenging uh, mail-in ballots, but uh, the courts are basically going to ignore them. Mail-in ballots have been used uh, uh, widely in the United States for 20, 30 years. Oregon went to all mail ballots back in the mid 1990s. Uh, there's no legal challenge that will really stand to them. Uh, a few individual cases might, might be found, but as a system as, as a whole, it's certainly going to be upheld.
0: What do you think the running mates in the presidential election add to each party?
1: Um, if you look at it, from the point of view of how they affect the outcome, the answer is almost nothing. Uh, There's been a lot of research on this question by political scientists, and nobody has found a strong difference they make. This actually might be the first time ever because we've got a a person of color running on one of the tickets, and it might mean higher turnout. It probably wouldn't shift more than a handful of votes. The the, um, research answer from the past was it might Make about a 1% difference in the state from which a person uh, is chosen as vice presidential candidate. Um, uh, Turnout, as I said, if you look forward, whoever the vice presidential candidates are, are strong candidates to be the next president. Uh, if Biden uh, wins, then, then um, Kamala Harris is going to be um, you know, one of the leading candidates for the presidency next time out. And in fact, if he has health problems, she might be the president before the end of the term. So that, that's, that's important and, and it makes who they are very important in this race.
0: How do your findings on male and female candidates apply to the current running mates in this election?
1: Um, there are a lot of uh, myths about um, biases against um, different kinds of candidates. Uh, In the case of women, uh, there's a lot of research showing that once women are running for office, there isn't an anti-women bias. There are small biases that don't affect the vote. The news media, for instance, are much more likely to talk about what women are wearing. Nobody's going to talk about what suit uh, Mr. Pence is wearing, but they will talk about what Senator Harris is wearing. things like that but those things don't it turns out affect votes what does affect votes once women are on the ballot is that college educated women are affected and they're more likely to vote for a female candidate and apparently other groups aren't affected the big bias with gender in elections is getting women to to run for office uh, that's, that's a problem. Uh, there are a whole bunch of people who want to dissuade women from running for office. Uh, for example, one of the big effects that we found is that women are less likely to be asked to run for office. You know, and just being asked makes a big deal. If, you, if you're asked by somebody to run for office, you're more likely to run. So there are biases like that that are out there, which help explain why women are underrepresented.
0: Does the quality of the candidates affect how many people vote?
1: Uh, No, the the quality of the candidates doesn't affect that. Um, In this case, the fact that uh, uh, President Trump seems to be a low-quality candidate is actually driving up uh, voter turnout. Uh, But uh, this is a very unusual case. If you look at President Trump... Uh, I think the best way to think about him is that he's not really a Republican. Uh, If any other Republican were running, we would have a very different uh, election race. I think you have to set him aside and say this isn't a typical Democrat against a typical Republican. Um, And uh, don't generalize past 2020 to any future election. We're not likely to see something like this again.
0: 2020 is unique in more ways than one. (laughs)
1: Yes, I think my advice based on the quality of the candidates is that those of you who are listening to the debates and watching this election, you should realize that you're quite possibly better candidates than the people we've got running for the presidency. And you should think about going into politics. Uh, I mean that seriously. Um, The quality of the candidates isn't great. A lot of Republicans are embarrassed by Mr. Trump. A lot of Democrats would like somebody who's more liberal uh, and who's a lot younger. Than, than Mr. Biden, but um, you know, they're the choices we have, and um, uh, individuals don't have a lot of impact on that. But uh, I suppose that my answer is go out and run for office yourself. Yes.
0: So Sadly. now we're gonna get into another segment, and this segment is voting topics and each candidate's stances and plans.
1: Okay, Um, President Trump has done basically nothing about climate change. It's a huge problem. It will be a much bigger problem for those of you who are younger than I am uh, as as it progresses. And uh, President Trump and the Republicans have basically decided to do nothing. They withdrew from the Paris Accords, um, and uh, individual actions in other areas are making uh, climate change worse. Uh, They're uh, trying to repeal uh, regulations that, for instance, make cars more gasoline efficient, uh, make motors more efficient, uh, uh, reduce pollution, and a variety of other things. So they're actually making uh, the U.S. Uh, worse as, as an actor in the world's community. Um, President Biden, if he is elected, has promised to um, uh, push something close to the Green New Deal. For those of you who have just heard the phrase rather than actually read about it let me let me offer a short summary um, A whole bunch of people who are environmental activists have been trying to push environmental legislation that is standalone legislation let's let's uh do cap and trade program let's uh, change individual laws that will um, uh, cause less carbon and Uh, other greenhouse gases to be uh, emitted into the atmosphere. Uh, That didn't work, it came close, but it didn't pass. And we've got a whole lot more Republicans in the Senate than we did back then. So the latest thinking is to have a Green New Deal and package climate change uh, legislation with other things. And they're looking back to the New Deal of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. and part, so part of the package is an increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Another part of the package was better health benefits. Another part of the package was more money spent on health research uh, and so forth. So there are a variety of different things packaged together and uh, social scientists, in, including, by the way, uh, Leah Stokes in the political science department, one of my colleagues, uh, have uh, provided evidence that uh, the Green New Deal is much more popular than standalone uh, climate change legislation. So it's it's a package of things which pleases uh, liberals uh, uh, more than uh, just the standalone climate legislation. And that's that's something that President Bush has largely embraced. He he didn't buy into the Medicare for all, but the other major elements of it, uh, he agreed with. Uh, And so this could be a huge amount of spending uh that will focus on reducing uh, greenhouse gas emissions um and hopefully have an impact on your lives um anyway so that's the first one uh health um, uh, as you probably know the affordable health care act was passed under um, president barack obama's administration the uh, republicans have been attacking it ever since there have been a whole bunch of laws which have passed in the senate but not in the House and not become passed in books, uh, to repeal the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare as some people call it. Uh, Biden hasn't come out with a clear position on how to improve it. He's talked about small improvements to uh, the Affordable Care Act, but not huge ones, but basically he wants to shore it up, protect it, and push more toward having health care that's available to all as many Americans as possible. Certainly the number who are currently covered by the Affordable Care Act. Uh, On gun control, President uh, Trump is a big fan of of, uh, the Second Amendment, as it has been interpreted by the U.S. Supreme Court recently, which is to say very few regulations on owning and using guns. President Biden has said that he's in favor of more gun control issues, uh, more gun control laws. Um, the list doesn't sound impressive, uh, but they're small steps forward, such as more gun registration, not allowing uh, felons uh, uh, to have weapons, and so forth. But they're steps in the right direction. Um, and um, so, if you, there's a clear difference on gun control. Um, Next item you have here is COVID. Um, On on COVID, President Trump has taken very slow steps. I expect probably everybody knows this. Uh, President Biden has talked about a national mandate for wearing masks, which is an extremely effective step. Both candidates are big fans of vaccines and they are hoping that vaccines will be available possibly next spring or possibly next summer, it's not clear but um, on on those kinds of issues, on the vaccine issues, they probably both agree. Uh, If uh, any of you is anti-vaccine, just as an aside, you're completely wrong, but uh, nobody's talking about mandatory vaccines uh, on either side. On police brutality, um, uh, President Trump has no uh, stated plans to do anything about it. He is leaving the system as it is. President uh, Uh, Biden, if he is elected, uh, will probably take steps, but probably not enormous ones, to try to reduce police brutality. He has said he doesn't want to defund the police, although there is still a gray area of having police not be responsible for uh, people who are mentally ill or other situations that uh, would better be served by people with medical training or mental health training rather than uh, people with guns. Um he hasn't he hasn't really been clear about that. Uh there probably is a good chance that uh he, he will direct the Department of Justice to look into police shootings of uh especially people of color uh in in the past. Uh there have been a whole bunch of cases uh in in cities and states across the country in which no action has been taken. However, uh there is Uh, a possible action that the federal government could take. The Department of Justice does have the legal authority to bring cases against individuals. Uh, Basically, the reasoning behind it is that if you shoot somebody illegally, it's denial of civil rights. So the federal government does have a role. There have been cases of people who are not prosecuted uh, in state courts who have been prosecuted by the Department of Justice, uh, convicted and sent off to prison. My guess, is that President Biden, if he is elected, will do something like that, although he has not been clear about that, probably because he doesn't want to get into that area during the uh, election campaign.
0: What is your advice for college students and how do we get our voices heard? Uh,
1: The best advice came from a labor organizer way back in the 1930s. Organize, become actively involved in politics. If you're actively involved, Uh, not just as individuals, but with organizations, your voices are more likely to be heard. Not just vote, work in a campaign, donate, become an intern for a member of Congress or a local elected official, find out what the system is about. Uh, And then one of the things you'll find out is that you can have an impact. You can change who gets elected, you can change who makes the laws, you can lobby people and persuade them to change their opinions. I'll give you a simple example of that. Biden has um, been a moderate on a lot of issues for most of his political career. Uh, And as he was moving toward winning the nomination, a whole bunch of people uh, associated with liberal activist groups started asking him to move more to the left, think about supporting the Green Deal, talk more about climate. And he got enough letters, enough pressure so that he finally did. His acceptance of... Most of the Green New Deal is a result of lobbying by people who are active in the environmental movement. Whichever side you're on, if you want your candidates, especially the candidates in your political party, to do something, uh, if you write letters, if you join organizations that push them, you can have an effect.
0: Thanks for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at HRW UCSB for updates.